space. The final frontier. Sir, the possibility of successfully navigating an asteroid field is approximately 3,720 to 1. But it is Friday, which means it's time to talk space, which we like to do on this show. And and if I don't, I hear from you in the audience saying, hey, it's Friday. Why aren't you talking about space? Uh, This is kind of it's space related. It's really interesting story. As a matter of fact, we're going to be talking about the first ever plants grown in moon dirt. Okay, that's what we've got on the go here. We've got plants grown here on Earth, but in dirt that came from the moon, which is pretty amazing. The dirt came from the Apollo mission, so it's been on Earth for a while now, um, but they've got a very small crop. So to tell us about this, we have Dr. Annalisa Paul, the research professor in horticultural sciences and director of the Interdisciplinary Center for Biotechnology Research at the University of Florida. Dr. Paul, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for uh, for inviting me on. Really interesting topic. I think uh, people will enjoy this. We're talking about moon dirt, right? So this is dirt that came back from the Apollo mission? Yes. Yes, it is. From three different Apollo missions, in fact. Apollo 11... 12 and 17. Okay, so we've had this we've had this dirt on earth for some time, but this latest news that just came out, this is the first crop that has been grown in this moon dirt? The very first. What is it? <laughs> well, it is not exactly a crop per se. Okay. It's, we it's an experimental plant called Arabidopsis thaliana. We just call it Arabidopsis for short. Um, it is the what we call model organism for for plants. And so it is used in all across the world for any kind of research. And one of the things that makes it very cool for doing this kind of work is that it is genome has been completely sequenced it's, and it's really tiny. And so we only got 12 grams of material, and which means four grams for each one of those sites. And so every plant had to grow in a single gram of soil. And you have to be pretty small to do that well. Yeah, no kidding. That's incredible. Tell us about the soil that's come back from the moon. Uh, You know, we all know, especially this time of year, we're out in the garden, we're planting gardens, things like that. We know what earth dirt is like, what good earth dirt is like. Is moon dirt good for planting things? It is not very good for planting things. The, uh, the, the moon dirt is a lot more like what you could think of as on terrestrial systems, earth systems, would be like volcanic ash or okay. ground-up basalt. It's, um, there's really not a lot to it as far as nutrients and things in it that plants need. So, in fact, when we used it, we used it as we compared it against a, a terrestrial simulant. It's just called JSC-1A. That is supposed to look a lot like the lunar materials, but even so, we had to add a little bit of nutrient solution for both even the controls, the, the earth, the, the earth volcanic stuff, as well as for the lunar materials, because there's really nothing in there that can support plant growth. But it, even so, it had a, they they were able to grow in it, and it had some effects, but it's pretty hopeful for the future. But taking a look at, the, I mean, even looking at the pictures, like you're talking about the the, the volcanic earth dirt uh, and the and the and the moon dirt, the earth dirt did a lot better. Even though you're saying it's not great dirt for growing in yeah. and it didn't do that well, so I mean, even that was better than the moon dirt, right? Yes, yes, absolutely, and that's what we use it for the controls. And so all the comparisons that we did, both in terms of cataloging the sides and the colors and everything else as well as the patterns of gene expression, the physiology responses and stuff, was all compared directly to 
the, um, the, the earth controls that are also this volcanic material. So if we were to try to compare it to, say, growing it in your garden soil, it would be a pretty hard comparison yeah. because they would do so much better. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So you talk about how important this is to the future of, you know, space exploration, space travel, things like that, and I think we understand why, but how does this help move that further in terms of maybe, maybe we can exist in space? Well, you know, plants are the things that actually enable us to do that existence, to be able to be those explorers. Otherwise, you have to rely on stuff that you can put into, you know, your backpack to go to another place. But plants are what allow us to then take our biology with us to not only give us food, but also recycle air, recycle water. And so it is the enabling technology for future exploration, whether you're talking about just in space or to other planetary surfaces. Um, potentially, I mean, I, like we, we all compare it to what we've seen in movies for people like us, I think, um, you know, and when you talk about the Martian, right, we all know he had the potatoes. Up. I mean, is that sort of what this could potentially, possibly, maybe one day lead to? Absolutely. I mean, now the margin, of course, is fiction yeah. and it's pretty extreme in the way it was done and everything. But fundamentally, absolutely. How, how do you make, um, you know, inhospitable soils hospitable? You add water, you add oxygen and you add organic material. Maybe not the same organic material that Mark Watney did, <laughs> but you get the picture. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it, it is really, really interesting. Dr. Paul, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you joining us. You're very welcome. Thank you. That is Dr. Annalisa Paul, who is a research professor in horticultural sciences and the director of the Interdisciplinary Center for Biotechnology Research at the University of Florida.